that's one of the things that I love about this job. And really like anyone who follows, and this is for anyone out there, like anyone who follows their passion in their job, um, it's, it really is never like you're working a day in your life. If you're, if you constantly want to be, if you want to be where you're working, it's, you're just working towards your goal, right? You're working towards your mission in life. Welcome back or welcome to the Business in Board Shorts podcast, the only podcast dedicated to coastal entrepreneurs and business owners. In today's episode, we talk with Brian Yurtitz from Portsmouth, New Hampshire. He currently works at the Seacoast Science Center, as well as running his own business, Wildlife by Yuri. Let's jump into this week's conversation. Hey, Brian, thanks for jumping on. How are you doing? Living the dream, just you know, having a good time up here, working every day, marine conservation, and and trying to uh, do a little bit better for our planet every day. Where are you located right now? So right now, I I live and work in Portsmouth in New Hampshire, um, but originally I'm from Long Island, New York. I grew up uh, a Mets a Mets and uh, Jets fan down there, and um, but I moved I moved up to New England like five years ago, uh, pursuing work in this field. I, I love it up here. What would you say the vibe is like? Um, personally, I, coming from New York, I do love New England because it's it's much more laid back. Um, I I love living in Portsmouth. Um, I grew up surfing in New York, and it's definitely it was crowded. You know, uh, a lot of people out there. Um, and moving up here, you're closer to the mountains. You're you're ten minutes from the beach. Um, so it's you really get the best of both worlds if you love if you love being outside and in the outdoors. Um, so it's a very, very outdoorsy vibe, very, um, people love to connect with nature up here and it's definitely a great place to be. If you love both of those, you know, mountains and the ocean, um, really nowhere else you can go surfing and skiing in the same day. Yeah. Best of both worlds right there. So can you explain what exactly you do and the different things that you have going on? I know you have a couple different, uh, you have your, you have your, you know, a fire in a couple different areas. Oh yeah, definitely. So I think the best way to kind of explain it is um, is to kind of tell a little bit of a story of like where I came from, essentially. So I've worked in the field of marine conservation and science for the past uh, eight years. It's been now. Um, and my, one of my first jobs uh, was really working on board commercial fishing vessels as a as a fisheries observer. So we were basically the, the guys who worked for the government who would work on commercial fishing boats and document everything that fishermen catch. Um, everything that they they kept and everything that they threw back to sea. So for me, that was like a really like firsthand experience. You know, I learned a lot about the different threats that face our world's oceans, you know, whether they're climate change, overfishing, pollution, habitat loss, uh, invasive species. And really like working on fishing boats allowed me to see these things firsthand. And so after that experience, uh, I moved on to, I, I worked, I ran a, a free ocean newsletter, uh, just it had like the latest ocean science and news. Um, and eventually I found myself where I am today in Portsmouth, which is working as the community outreach manager at the Seacoast Science Center uh, for our marine mammal rescue program. So we, we like my daily schedule is kind of, uh, we, we wait and hear if there's anything on our hotline. People call in any seals, whales, dolphins, or porpoises that come to the beach up here. And um, we are the first responders, to essentially, to get out there and and collect data on these animals, um, figure out what might have happened to them, and if they are sick or injured, we bring them to rehabilitation. So 
that kind of all in a way led me to my full-time job that I have up here. Um, but also you, you know, you mentioned, uh, I have a lot of things going on. So on the side, while, you know, while I've been pursuing my professional career and this full-time gig that I have going, um, I've also started my own business on the side. And really what, what I've done is I've taken all those experiences that I've had working with marine debris, um, working on fishing vessels and seeing, you know, the threats that our oceans face firsthand. And one thing I noticed, especially in New England, is that there's a lot of fishing debris that washes ashore that ends up polluting our oceans. Um, and it's actually a huge problem in our world, in our world's oceans as a whole. Uh, it's something that we refer to uh, in the marine science community as ghost fishing debris. And essentially, I saw a bunch of this, like anytime there was a big storm, uh, I would see, you know, lobster fishing pots, crab fishing pots, wash up on shore, all of the rope, the pots themselves too. And I realized I'm like, is there something, is there anyone that's cleaning these up out of the ocean? Is there anyone doing anything about this? And I really did some research and I found out that, you know, there's, there's a few efforts being done to clean this stuff up and document it. But for the most part, it's kind of like a big, it's a big problem that a lot of people are trying to work to fix right now. And one thing that I, I thought was, you know, Hey, what if, what if I can work with fishermen to help, help them see some money from this seemingly, you know, useless gear, um, and, and turn it into to a, a viable product. And so I started actually transforming, I, I would work with fishers to, to fishermen, you know, commercial fishermen to take their used fishing rope and recycle it into dog leashes. And that's, that's essentially what, what my product is that I have on my site called wildlife by Yuri. Um, you know, I, I repurpose used fishing rope into dog leashes and it's super strong. Um, you know, it's, it definitely, it gives it a second life and, I use that as kind of an opportunity to educate people about the, this issue that faces our world's oceans. How did you can tell, tell me more about that? How, how did you come up with, you know, it sounds, it sounds crazy, but uh, it, it sounds genius, but like, I guarantee there was a lot of work on your, uh, your end that went into that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, one of the, one of the first things that I really thought of and, and that sparked the idea for me was that, when in, in our field of marine conservation, uh, a lot of people are focused on plastic pollution, right? Like plastic pollution was the thing that really caught people's attention, um, especially like that, that video of the sea turtle getting the straw pulled out of its nose. And, you know, you see like these graphic videos on Facebook and all over the place of like of animals interacting with plastic. But what most what the what your average person doesn't understand is that marine debris as a whole is is more than just plastic pollution, like the single use plastics that we use every day, bags, forks, straws, all that. And actually one of the most significant polluters in our ocean is fishing gears. Um, and I actually have some t statistics that really like, when I read them, I, I knew I had to get involved in this space. Um, if you think of, you know, all the plastic that's out there in the ocean, 46% of the Great Pacific garbage patch is actually made of fishing gear. So that's about half of the entire Great Pacific garbage patch that's out there is made of fishing gears. 10% um, of all plastic pollution in our ocean and 70% of all macro plastics being larger plastics are fishing gears. And, and actually 45% of marine mammals listed on the IUCN red list. These are a, a, an international list of endangered animals. So 45% of marine mammals on this list have been negatively impacted by fishing by these fishing gears. And 
uh, fishing gears are four times more likely to harm marine life than all other forms of marine debris combined. So for me, like I, I spent a lot of time in this field and I, I, I've seen this stuff firsthand and seeing these statistics, it, it just makes sense to me that fishing gears that are, and they're, they're either accidentally, you know, snagged or lost at sea. Um, sometimes big weight, you know, storm activity will move traps around and they become lost from the fishers. And really like these gears that are lost at sea, they, they are designed to catch fish and marine life and entangle them. And so it's, it's a huge problem that we see, especially here in the Northeast, uh, with a lot of endangered marine mammals and, and, you know, large marine life, uh, that they become entangled in these gears. And it's a, it's a, for, it's a significant threat for them. So I really want to, you know, with this product, I wanted to not only, you know, be able to support the local fishing community and, and, you know, a, a portion of all the proceeds that come in from my sales, I donate them to researchers working to, to solve this issue at, at its core. Um, but, you know, I really want to let people just become aware of this problem and, you know, let them know that the issues that our ocean faces are more than just single use plastics that we have on land. There's there's a, a very complex, you know, story taking place out at sea. Where did your passion come from with marine life and ocean conservation? That's a good question. Um, so for me, it really, it came from growing up, uh, you know, I, I grew up surfing and fishing and I still do that every single day today. And that's, that's really like what set me on this path. Um, you know, working, working in the field of fisheries, uh, working in marine conservation, you know, it's, it's a tough and competitive field. And like those just growing up, doing those two things, being able to surf, being able to go fishing, um, it, it really, it connects you to the ocean and it, and it, it allows you to speak almost like this universal language of the ocean that no matter who, who, where you come from, who you are, anyone who does, who, who really like places value in the ocean and, and benefits from the ocean can understand uh, these things. Like you, you can talk surfing with anyone from anywhere and you both understand, you know, the value that you derive from being out on the ocean and, and that like feeling that it's, it's very difficult to explain. Um, you know, I have, a t- I have a tough time with it right now, but um, yeah. And, and that's something for me that working in the space, being someone who is, I'm, I'm out there any day that there's good waves, any day that there's good fishing going on. Um, you know, I'll, if I'm not working, I'm out on the water and, you know, being someone who spends, who that's your passion and you, and you spend that time out at, you know, in these places, it, it really like helps you connect with other people working in this field. It helps you connect with anyone who's interested in this kind of stuff. Um, and so, yeah, that, that for me is where it all started for sure. Hey, it's CT. I'm interrupting my own show because I'm now open to new clients or I have a wait list for website design projects and marketing strategy sessions. If you're tired of throwing your marketing dollars down the drain and want a website that actually drives new business, let's hop on a call. You can book a free hour with me at ctcoup.com slash B-I-B. That's C-T-K-A-U-P-P dot com slash B-I-B. No fluff, no BS, just everything you need to up your online presence today. Now back to the show. I want to hit on the freelancing or the side gig yeah. mentality, because like we talked about before we hopped on here, you know, I was 
doing a lot of freelancing prior to doing my own thing. And obviously we're in completely different industries, but like there's still, still that tie in. So what, like, how did you come from, okay, like, here's this idea. I got to do something about it to, okay, let me create dog leashes out of this. And then, you know, actually creating into a, into a business just to like give a kind of an overview of, of that, that process. Everybody just sees the final product and they think, you know, that happened overnight. Oh yeah. And, and to your point, like I'm still in the beginning phases of this, you know, of, of this business that I've started, you know, I've only been doing it for like two years, but the ideas really came to me years ago. Like when I was doing beach, I would be doing beach cleanups for my job. And, you know, a lot of what I was finding was these fishing gears. And so for me, really like it, it started out of almost, I, I was like, it's a necessity. I, I, I'm seeing these things every day. I was putting together the pieces while working my everyday job. And, you know, I thought if, if I don't do this right now, cause I, I I've had this idea. I was like, what's, what can I make out of this rope that's on the beach? Right. And I was just brainstorming. And I'm like, dog, people love dogs. Dog, like there's tons of people who bring their dogs down to the beach. Um, people with dogs, you know, spend money on this kind of stuff. They, I think that they would support this. Um, especially people with big dogs. And that's kind of like the brand that I'm kind of focusing on because it's like a bigger rope and it's strong. It's like tested with the sea and it's still like, it's spent however much time out in the ocean and it's still, you know, here intact. And I, I, you know, I clean it, I wash it and I, I make it, you know, ready for the consumer. But I was like, I just had the pieces just got put together for me in a way. And you know, that's, that's really how I started it. And it, it wasn't forced. It wasn't like, um, like I need to start a business right now on the side to make money. Like I, you know, if I needed to, I work another side job, but this one, it was more like the, the stars aligned. I had an idea. And if I didn't put it to, to paper and, and get it rolling, someone else was gonna, right. So I just, you know, I, I, I pulled the trigger. I, I, you know, uh, became a, a business with the state of New Hampshire and, you know, designed my website and just took it from there and, and step by step year by year, you know, it's been two years of doing this now. And, um, you know, I'm, my sales are definitely moving up slowly and I'm not, I'm not in a rush with this, but I'm definitely just trying to grow consistently each year and, and see where it takes me. Like the, the obvious goal being eventually that this could be something that supports me full time, but, you know, right now that's still a bit away and, and I'm just taking it day by day, year by year. And, you know, just trying to, trying to get that consistent, consistent growth, reach new people. Um, yeah. Get out. My, my, my goal right now is to get more into retail. Uh, so to get into like these dog stores, dog supply stores, that kind of thing. Um, so that's really like my focus for this year, for example. I can't tell you how, much I love hearing the way that you explain that because that there's an alignment there that you were just like, I have to do this. And you can correct me if I'm wrong, but the way that I heard it was like blinders are on. I just got to, you know, point A to point B, I got to do this. Uh, and whatever's going to happen is going to happen. And that's just totally how I, I did my own thing as well. It was just, there was no fear. It was just this, this has to be, I have to do this. And exactly whatever happens from it's going to happen from it. So hey. that's, that, yeah, it's like you said, it, you, you can't get overwhelmed by like, I have to be, you know, I'm the only way I'm successful is if I bring in a hundred grand a year. It's like, no, you you start it and then you you go step by step. Like 
what's what's the next goal that I have on my list of things to accomplish? Like get into my my, my goal right now, get into 10 stores, right? This year. Once once that happens, then you move up to 20, then you move up to 30. And it's a, exactly what you said though. It's like if if you didn't jump in and do it right now, you're never going to do it, right? So there's only one way to to see what's going to happen and that's to if if you don't if you don't go and do it, you'll never know what was going to happen with it. So, yeah. Where what would what would you say where do you want to see it 2-3 years down the road? Um I mean, I would love I would love to see um really you know, just a pres. I, I love to have a presence in a lot of local retail stores around here. For example, two three years down the road, definitely just you know working within the community up here. I'd like to have you know something that would really show me that I'm successful myself is the way that I supply these ropes. I work with I work with certain commercial fishing docks and researchers who work with these these fishermen. So anytime that they you know they're going out there and they're they're getting rid of their old gear. You know, I can come in and say, hey, like, I, you know, I'd, I'd love to take this from you. I'll pay you 75 cents a foot or, you know, whatever, whatever I'm working on. And one way that I would see success is, is if I don't have to do that outreach myself, if people, you know, have enough understanding of what I'm doing within by word of mouth or within the community that, you know, they they end up coming to me uh, without me even having to do all this outreach. So I think for me, that would that's something down the road that is, is a goal for, for this business is to, to really, uh, to, to kind of see that return on my investment of like all this time that I've been putting of outreach and getting people to know about the work I'm doing, uh, to see it kind of come to fruition of, of, you know, people are reaching me by word of mouth. People are reaching, they're just hearing about the product or, you know, they just kind of seeing, seeing it grow within the local community here, I think is, is like my two to three year goal. Okay, I have a couple questions for you to end the episode here. This one is going to be very, it's going to hit home on our, our theme here. Would you rather be covered in fur or covered in scales? <laughs> I think I think I'd rather be covered in fur as someone who works with uh, marine mammals and and uh, and yeah, I, I definitely I I see uh, I work a lot with marine mammals being seals, whales, dolphins, that kind of stuff. Seals are the number one animal that we work with. And, um, they, you know, they are covered in fur. Uh, and I just, I guess I'd like to emulate them. You know, I spent a lot of time working with these things. And, uh, for me, the, the type of animals that hit close to me, um, are, are those, you know, highly sentient marine mammals. They, I, I've in, in all of my time working on fishing vessels and working as a marine mammal rescue person, um, the animals that most people relate to are the, you know, big fuzzy seals, the, the big whales, you know, the, the sentient animals that could, people can really like relate to and kind of see themselves in. But the animals that are most important to me though, um, in a way are the fish and the scaly animals. So, I mean, fish, fish as a whole, like I, I spent my, my life working in fisheries, you know, management and conservation and, um, and they are, I, I guess they, they don't get as much attention as some of these big sentient furry creatures do, but they are just as important in our ocean ecosystems. And I think, I think it's important for someone in my, in my shoes um, to 
be able to use people's attention and their their willingness to like listen to uh, problems with happening with seals or these like larger iconic animals um, and use that as an opportunity to bring in messages around like the fish, the fish species around here um, and the other animals and other habitats as a whole that are also threatened. So uh, I don't know if that answers your question, but um, that's my, my best, my best go at it. What do you enjoy most about the day-to-day of what you do? Um, what I, what I love most about the day-to-day is that there's no normalcy to it. Um, it's every, every day is completely different. Um, you never know what's going to happen. I actually just got a text that there's, there's a seal that's on a beach nearby here. So I might have to go out and, uh, and check on it actually right after we record this. So, um, that's one of the things that I love about this job and really like anyone who follows, and this is for anyone out there, like anyone who follows their passion in their job. Um, it's, it really is never like you're working a day in your life. If you're, if you constantly want to be, if you want to be where you're working, it's, you're just working towards your goal, right? You're working towards your mission in life. And I think that's, that's my favorite part about, you know, working in this field is that it might not make you the most money, but you're going to have a really good time and you're going to have a lot to talk about. What's the best business advice you've received? Um, the best business, that's a, that's a really good question. Um, the best business advice I've really received, I'd say is to, to not really follow the trends that are out there, but to set your own in a way. Um, and that being like, I've taken that to heart with the work that I do and that, like, I've seen a ton of companies out there, like four ocean, like we were talking about earlier, or, um, any of these other big environmental groups, you know, there's, there's been a huge focus on, on plastic, on single use plastics and like plastic straws, for example. Right. Um, and in my work, you know, I, I saw that I was like, there's, this is awesome. There's an, there's a ton of attention around plastic pollution now, but how can I be different from everyone else who's focusing on straws and cutlery and, you know, all and plastic bags, like what, what don't people realize yet about marine debris? And so for me, it was like that, that was separating myself from the trend. And, and, you know, it's, I'm a lot, I was definitely used, like, it's good to use trends to your advantage, like that, you know, people, people today care more about this issue than they ever have before. And it's all thanks to, you know, the movement around plastic straws and the, all these images that have been out there. But you know, how are you going to be different from everyone else that now sees that? And it's like, I, I want to get into this. I can make money off of this. Um, so that's, that's probably the best business advice that I've really, you know, heeded. And, and I definitely still would tell anyone that's out there trying to start their own business today. And what's the best life advice? Ooh, another good one. <laughs> um, the best life advice I would say is to, and, and, you know, I, I, I definitely work at this still, but to, to listen twice as much as you talk, um, I would say you end up learning a lot from the people that you, that are around you every day. Um, and just to be open-minded to what they have to say, um, in my field specifically, you know, we worked a lot with fishermen and we worked a lot with, it's really, it, for me, it was riding that, that line of like conservationists versus fishermen. Right. And, you know, a lot of Marine scientists and conservationists, uh, fishermen don't really like what they have to say, or there's a lot of like conflict there. Um, whereas for me, like what I've, I've found success in this, in this field is that I like, I like to listen to the other end of the spectrum, right? Like I like to listen to what they have to say, because 
it helps me, it helps me come up with solutions or address like real concerns that they have so that we can work forward together more efficiently. Um, and, you know, I've just found in life that just, just being able, just being able to meet in the middle and listen and really like understand other people's perspectives. It, it takes you a long way in any field that you're in.